0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. The phone is on. That's
2: the second time it's gone off. They never got
1: home. They never got home. They never got home, those
0: guys. That's. Yeah. They have asked for that, really...
2: Well, you can laugh. I'm the World Cup.
0: I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. Do you don't know what you're talking about. What well, did you know yeah. that? i to stay alive for right, like, okay, six I'd say it to your face, I'll say it to what you now. You what do you i down to Anfield and we'll see them, will with What you doing down here? You're showing
1: me, man. Ireland and the Nations League, they don't exactly go together like horse and carriage, do they? That's zero wins, two goals, in 11 games... ...as we begin our third campaign in the tournament, and there might not have been many more depressing performances than last Saturday's... ...as we fell to a 1-0 defeat away to Armenia Happy Bank Holiday Monday, welcome to today's Second Captain Football Podcast. Hello there, Ken. Hello there, Garon. <laughs> My, you're sounding full of the joys of life today, and why wouldn't you, quite frankly? Uh, because we'll hear from Richie Sadler and Gavin Cooney of the42.ie in just a few minutes, but... ...bloody hell, Ken, that was an annoying way to spend an afternoon... Uh, I mean, as a Manchester United fan who's watched quite a few weekend ruining Man United games at roughly the same time that Ireland Armenia kicked off on Saturday, I mean the feeling wasn't entirely unfamiliar, but bloody annoying nevertheless.
2: Uh, well,
1: it's they didn't even give us a chance to get the weekend under way. Really.
2: Well, you see, this is because I I think again, you know, once again we're forced to an Ireland game has has forced us to confront fundamental differences personality type between me and you you know you're a guy who wants everything to be flowers and sunshine fancy paper uh that, nice well, that is true i
1: mean you've you've nailed me there you have nailed you know me
2: you're there. like why can't we all just get along you know why can't everything why you know why can't we have happy endings uh why can't we have an enjoyable weekends uh you know Whereas I'm a guy who,
1: why can't we have enjoyable weekends? Is basically that—that is me. To be fair, that's my brand.
2: That's uh, you know, you're you're a kind of a a a good time, a good time boy. Uh, (laughs) Whereas, whereas I've got a, I would say a more nuanced, a more complex, um, in many ways a deeper approach uh, to the um, to to life. life uh to the you know sometimes you know how are you going to know how are you going to know that uh, uh you know this the this flower smells good unless you've you know tunneled through the sewers shoveled
1: your way through 500 yards of shit yeah yeah, it's yeah. okay so yeah, okay, i feel
2: as okay. though um experiences like last um saturday helped to deepen and broaden my appreciation of the world. They, the, you know, to watch Ireland's efforts to scramble a uh, halfway promising angle for a cross into the Ar- packed Armenian penalty area is a kind of a baso profundo, uh, a note uh, by which all the other notes of life uh, assume uh, a new richness and a new uh, distinctiveness. And, um, a new quality of experience. So you know that's that's what I'm saying. You know you've got to take the rough with the smooth. In fact, if you haven't taken the rough, how do you even know what smooth is? <laughs> and so that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Uh, and that's what that's well, why
1: just I, another yeah. another amazing opportunity for um for uh for enrichment. It was basically what you're talking about last Saturday was for uh, for coming coming out from your angle. Yes. That you took so many learning, so many life lessons from last Saturday. I thank
2: the Ireland team. I I thank the <laughs> Ireland team for for what they did, for for what they did out there. I mean, it was it a good result? You know, if we if we were to put, put you know let's put on our our conventional glasses. No, it mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't a good result. You know, if it, was it a good performance? You know, again, peering through the thick the Coca Cola bottle lenses of convention. Again, no. Uh, I think that you know, conventionally speaking, a lot of people would say that was a that was a bad result. But you know, in my in, in this sort of interpretation of football, which I'm increasingly leaning towards, um, mm. this was a life enhancing result. Uh, it enhances all the aspects of life that aren't watching Ireland play. Uh, everything else just seems a little better. Uh, once you've spent enough time with the Ireland team <laughs> Once you spend enough time with the Ireland team, you will suddenly find that everything else just you know, you've just got a little bit of a spring it in your really step. It just really puts it all in perspective, it does, doesn't it? it? You know, it really it does, does, you it know, does. And that's And that's and that is the function of the Ireland team. You know, can we really ask any more? Can we ask any more of this team? So you know that's um Yeah. Uh, I mean, I-
1: <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have three more Irish international games and if uh, Coming up in the next, what, ten days? Eight days uh, And if you like nothing more than hearing Ken and I Getting angry and shouting at each other after Ireland games As may well yet happen on today's show Then the Second Captain's World Service is for you Join us for five euro a month plus fat With no joining fee, no minimum contract Give us a world for a month And if you don't fancy it, you don't have to stick around We think you will though, with tons of GA. An Irish tour to New Zealand coming up in the next few months, as well, of course, as the football. So for um, those of you who want to more visibly support the Second Captain's World Service, uh, we have our super sexy Second Captain's jerseys also on sale on our website or on the O'Neill's website. They're probably, I don't know, Ken, the most delightful item of clothing we've ever produced and would make the ideal gift for the Second Captain's lover in your life. Uh, Anyway, those bits of housekeeping now duly taken care of. It's time for a post-Ireland spirit-crushing defeat. Report on sport. With Kennedy.
2: That was more marketing than housekeeping, really, wasn't it? I mean.
1: Yeah, maybe actually. Yeah, I mean it's straight up marketing. I mean, you know, we're here for journalism, you know. So anything else is basically housekeeping. That's okay. that's journalism what I that's what I that's what I reckon.
2: Fair enough. Um, the game was. You bring the journalism. I'll bring the <laughs> housekeeping.
1: Kid. That's that's how this operates. The
2: game. Oh uh, god! I mean, I know what you're going to say, Carolyn. You know. I know I know what you're thinking and I know what you're going to I know what you're going to say. Well, what actually why, why don't you say? It?
1: <laughs> no, I don't know what you think I'm going to well, say. Well, I mean, why don't I mean, you if say you think what I'm going to say is that was terrible. What the hell happened? Yeah. We can't we're not allowed to lose 1-0 to countries like Armenia. Yeah. That's what you want me to say, isn't
2: that's, it? That's I mean, that's what you believe.
1: That is basically what I believe.
2: <laughs> it is
1: I mean, yeah, I was going I was going to, you know, couch it in slightly less strident terms but i mean that is the basic yeah
2: i was thinking how is it that we just don't seem to be able to make a chance here like what is it what are we doing wrong why, why is this happening we have been through a spell of scoring some goals you know i mean we've we've scored a few goals 23 goals since the beginning of 2021 that's what stephen kenny has as i uh, mentioned a few times um Sure, you know, maybe we scored three against Azerbaijan away and four against Qatar, and you know, you add up then three against Luxembourg and, you know, I'm um, sure it's not as sell with the goals. We have never so, been once, we have never been once to,
1: you know, go t- too deep into the weeds in Richter where we got our goals or who
2: Look, everyone, if everyone, if everyone runs them, up to score, good. everyone runs up to score. You know, yeah. you think Man City score all their goals against, you know, uh, Real Madrid? No, au contraire. No, no, you said it, Ken. Au contraire, you know. You said it. So, uh, although they did score five goals against Real Madrid, <laughs> they scored more goals. <laughs> they scored more goals against Real Madrid than we scored against Azerbaijan. Okay, so we'll hand it to them. We'll hand it to Man City. Um, so I watched all the goals to try to see what you know what type of what type of goal do we score? And usually, the type of goal that we score is a, a header from a cross. Nine out of twenty-three goals. Is that okay? Fifteen out of twenty-three goals come from crosses. Only five from set pieces. Two out of twenty-three goals came from through balls. Um, they were one of the ones against Luxembourg, and then the one against Qatar when Robinson slotted it slotted away the the Hendrik through ball. You you may recall, mm. yes, uh, I do. Hendrik recall actually with the through ball and both occasions. And He tried to play a couple in the game uh, against Armenia, but generally this isn't this doesn't result in anything for us. It's if you want to score, you gotta. Cross. That's the way that Ireland score. And mm. uh, did we? We did
1: try quite a few of those. It was 30,
2: 34 I think thirty-four in the game. Mm. But can you remember a single good one?
1: Like that is a better question.
2: Well, well, Stephen Kenny talked about wanting to see De Bruyne crosses. Um, mm. uh, De Bruyne crosses, and and you know he meant something specific by that, which was. Uh, crosses not uh, from the byline, you know the, the the typical in
1: the corridor of uncertainty.
2: Guess. Yeah, the the sort of diagonal cross from the half space that Kevin De Bruyne is famous for doing. It's not just Kevin De Bruyne who hits those balls, but he is the finest, the world's finest exponent of that type of ball. And there's a couple of things about it. First of all, it's the area of the pitch from which it's actually hit. It's it's kind of for, it's more you know it's outside the front of the penalty area to the right or to the left. You know, he usually is heading it from the, the right because he's a right footed player. And uh, then the area that they're aimed towards kind of between the penalty spot and the far post. And the speed at which they're hit is the really distinctive thing about the Kevin De Bruyne across because he is a guy who does like to put a bit of pace on the ball. You know, mm. he likes to, he likes to give the attacking player a situation where the pace is already on the ball. And all he's got to do is add direction, right? You know, that's that's what Kevin De Bruyne likes to do. He he likes to provide that service for his forward players. And uh, altogether, I think it's a very admirable uh, thing that Kevin De Bruyne is doing. And it's something I'd love to see Ireland doing. And it's something Stephen Kenny would love to see Ireland doing. And it's something that Ireland are not doing. They really are not doing this. Uh, when there are chances to to put balls into the area like that, you know, I can think. Uh, Tadić sort of put a ball in like that uh, against this one. Mitrovic scored against. Do You remember Mitrovic's header in the three-two game uh, against yep. Serbia. That you know, this is sort of what we're what we're looking for. This type of thing, but we don't. Um, we actually don't do this. Whether it's because when we get into the right position, we put in a ball which is too high and loopy that nobody can can attack really with with any uh, you know real mm. intent or whether it's that we just don't don't try to play across from the right area or we we sometimes overhit there was there was an overhit one which collins was was it that, that was the one where it was a free kick in the middle of the pitch and Cullen rolled it to stevens who's got all the space in the world he's probably a bit too far out really uh, for this type of ball, but it's the it's the type of situation you can see that they're going for that. He's from he, it's the same sort of angle. What does he do? He kicks it basically over everyone in the penalty area. Even Collins, who is a big man, is mm. backpedaling and jumping, and the ball comes off the top of his head. Yeah. And you know, I, I have m- a
1: yeah, I have a concern okay. about you know us building uh, a game plan around something that you know uh, recalls the name Kevin De Bruyne. You know, if, if there was like a Tom Cleverley cross. That, well, the you know, Jordan we could, Henderson. Jordan think, Henderson yeah. does
2: the same thing. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that Jordan Henderson represents some unattainable standard of technical no. ability? I mean, Kevin no, De Bruyne clearly, me. clearly does. Okay, yes. Kevin De Bruyne is. I'd, I'd be
1: more comfortable you know. with if we could get a few more Jordan Henderson crosses in there. Even Jordan Henderson, I would Let's be a say, lot more comfortable. Tr- let's say you know, jordan like, Henderson like, we could, w- yeah we'd love we'd love some robert Lewandowski finishes as well but that's not something that's available to us at the moment
2: well this is what you know this is ultimately what it's about like people talk about creativity and you know oh we don't have a hooligan or you know we don't we don't he's the most recent sort of obviously very skillful and inventive player that ireland have had um you know we've had these types of players on occasion in the past but you actually don't need a player like that to create chances in a game you just need to have a couple of players who can work together and uh, to create a good position to put a cross into the box it's it's literally what liverpool have been doing for for 5 or 6 years you know Hen- hendo <laughs> jordan anderson has has been like one of the, their main sort of uh you know okay they've 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 had alexander arnold who's who's maybe got a higher ball striking ability yeah. you know but you know anderson has been uh one of the main players at this it's it can be done you don't need to you, you don't need to have like a magic player who who's able to just open things up just because he sees everything differently uh, you just need to have a couple of players who are able to work together in a, you know, intelligently to in, in triangles to make these sorts of angles, but we can't do that. And it was really grim watching us try and do this, especially after going behind, um, when there was just, you know, the the we did manage to put in a number of crosses, but I keep seeing Ogbene having to come back. who's at this point on the right, having to sort of cut back onto his left foot and cross it in using his, you know, his... um, His His weaker foot, yeah. His his weaker foot, because this is the best... it's, It's the best that he can make in the situation. You know what I mean? It's, you know, they're not letting him cross on his right and his teammates aren't giving him another... Uh, you know, another option. So, I mean, there was players, a knew kind of, they had an idea of what it was they were supposed to do, but they just weren't able to execute it. You know, the, this sort of triangular play that by which you can make an angle to cross. You know, you, you saw guys almost following each other around. <laughs> you know, just, oh no. So it was, it was a real breakdown. Um, you know, it, it, it is a different type of uh, frustration from what we've had before. Because, you know, typically we didn't, um, dominate the ball uh, to the extent that we have been doing in these more recent disappointing results. I mean, when I said yeah, I am going
1: to say that I, you know, it was extremely depressing watching it on Saturday. But at least Armenia didn't boss the game. <laughs> you yeah. know, like they did. They probably deserved the win. I mean, we didn't do enough to deserve the draw yeah. uh, or a win for us. But like, at least Armenia didn't like school us in football while they were beating us. <laughs> which yeah, we, uh, which I have seen. Happened to Martin O'Neill teams and Trapattoni teams over well, the course of the last well, I think 10 years.
2: well, Geor- then so. Georgia sort of bossed us that time under O'Neill, which was which was kind of a grand yeah. one. Um, but you know, I mean, it's like you know when you've when you've got enough the ball and you still can't figure out what to do with it, that it almost makes it worse. And then you're sort of looking at it going, oh no, like I mean, is this? Are we going to just have to <laughs> accept that we can't do this? Is that where is that where we're at? Like. Are we gonna to have to try to figure out a way to create um, uh, situations in the game where we have space to attack uh, if if we're unable to if, when we when we are really dominant in a game like this we can't do anything you know like we we, we really struggle to create any kind of a chance like we just we just don't know how we, we just can't figure out how to do it. Are we going to have to try to engineer a game where we don't dominate as much? where it's more end to end maybe that's and then i realize i'm i've just reinvented trapatoni ball <laughs> I, I've, I've just uh oh wow you know did you ever see that that movie frank yes yeah. <laughs> there's a scene in it where he's like he's he's like a songwriter and he's going around and he's got he's got this like little ear where he's got a little song in his head and his he killer It's killer hook it's a and then he realizes, oh, I've just it's it's like, I don't know, what's the most famous song you've ever heard of? <laughs> like you know, he's just he's just written common people or something. Um and I I realized, oh, you know, you've just that's talked what yourself out to, yeah. I've talked myself into Mourinho. Uh I'm like, Oh, we need to create space in front of our formation. I'm like, Oh god. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit of an impasse that we've that we found ourselves in. I mean you know, we still need to. Uh, obviously, we're gonna we're gonna persevere with with what we've been doing. Obviously, we don't. This isn't the time to sort of hurl hurl it all at the window. Bathwater, baby bath, mm. everything. You know, we're not gonna bathroom. do that. Yeah. Bath, just know, burn the entire bathroom, break up down. the tiles, and start throwing yeah. them out. No, um, we still believe that we're. You know, we can go somewhere with this. You know, it's just that. You know, when you've got this sort of um, chemistry that our team had started to show you know when, you've, when you when they sort of have to spend such a long time away from each other it's difficult to kind of to click straight back in right i mean is that is that a thing you know they need to click click back in uh, yeah. look mm.
1: um, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're no one's feeling that positive about the whole thing uh this morning but we will talk to richie and uh gavin in a couple of minutes i mean there is a the question of the nations league generally ken yeah um some people well, so, I mean
2: the players hate the Nations League. You know, I mean yeah. it it but which players should right? we yeah I mean yeah exactly the Belgians I mean, she... the Belgians they hate the Anthony Barry's Belgium, right? They look they lost four one to the Netherlands uh and they hate the Nations well, League.
1: I mean Barry can't buy a win in the Nations League,
2: you know? No, he no, he's uh he's winless. Uh he is a nations league. Nations League Jinx, uh Anthony Barry <laughs> Uh, actually, the, he he didn't, the Nations he wasn't, League handbrake. He wasn't involved in any Nations League games. With us, was he, Anthony Barry. They were all before he arrived. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. th- that was gip, his, that was gip. his Nations League. Right. Uh, He's still all for one, maiden. though. Yeah, yeah, but um, you yeah, know, so they hate they hate the Nations League. You know, I think England hate the Nations League. I mean, they lost to, to Gravity. And I mean, it is it's it's crazy, really, that the players at the end of their season, which most of them are, uh, are now having to play four international games. You know, it's like what. Like that's longer than most teams would be involved in a tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that longer average number of games than most teams in a tournament would have to play. So uh, it's it's nuts. And for what? Like you know, for what? Um, but that's the case strictly, I think, for the top teams and top players. Yeah. These are the I mean they're top seeded to anyway in,
1: in these groups. There's there's not a whole pile going. You know, And they're going to qualify regardless. So you can yeah. see why they... I mean, we should really like the Nations League. Like because it's our a players rare are chance played for... to Within an inch of their lives by the time no. June comes around.
2: This is a chance for them to play play a football game, you know? Uh, so <laughs> for a lot of players, you know, it's 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 been... You know, Robinson kind of dropped out of his club team. Hendrick, obviously, has, has played, I think, fewer than 10 matches all season. I mean, if you count, you know, in terms of minutes, he, he's played mm. 10 matches, less than 10 matches worth. Uh, Duffy, you know, has been out of his club team for for quite a while, um, so you know, I can't imagine that, like, uh, oh, Nations League resentment is a is a problem for for Ireland. You know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, people would also like to to have holidays at some point in their in their lives, but um, yeah, it's uh, for us the Nations League should be should be delivering more than it is. I feel, <laughs> you know, it's it hasn't gone so well.
1: There was a match between. Nations League, friends of the past and of the future. Mm. Uh, yesterday, uh, Wales have qualified for their first World Cup since John Charles and all that. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. It yeah, is actually pretty amazing when you when you think sixty four years. Oh my god, that's a long 64 time. Sixty
2: four years. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it is. Uh, it, it is amazing, and Dan, uh, Dan Roberts, I saw tweeting about this um, Wales. Are now ranked below the Faroe Islands in 112th place in the FIFA rankings, which is to say 20 places below Armenia. Is it time for Wales to admit they'll never qualify for a major tournament and to pool resources for England and Scotland? Talk Sport, 27th of July 2011. Actually, when I look at it, Bale was was already the reigning PFA player of the year in 2011 when Talk Sport. Had this debate in the, in that summer, and Bale really is the guy who has made this happen. I mean, he's he's clearly not the only guy. Wales have had have had some other uh, pretty useful players, and they've had you know a, a great sort of team ethic, and, and obviously a really the thing yadda, that Yada yada yada. It was no, look, no, no, no. it's all Gareth Bale. <laughs> well, when you're watching the you know the 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 sort of scenes of communion at the end, you know, everyone's singing and uh, that old folk singer guy. And everyone is 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 weeping and singing. I mean, this is this is beautiful. I mean, this is what football is all about. But I don't think any would any of it would have been possible without Gareth Bale, who essentially was uh, a superhero for a lot of this period. He isn't anymore. He has his his superpowers. His dwindling superpowers still extend to being able to absolutely smash a free kick uh, in such a way as to create. Panic, um, so that Yarmolenko, you know, heads it into his own goal. I mean, I, I don't know if you give that goal to Bale. I mean, I guess it's technically on target, so yeah. But like, it's clearly a Yarmolenko own goal for me because the goalkeeper is going to, well, maybe it's just going to burn a hole through the goalkeeper's chest. Um, but you know, Bale. Maybe uh, there's a couple of points here. First of all, Bale's aura or the memory of Bale still is enough to elevate Wales above a lot of international teams, and secondly. Talk TalkSport should have realized that a team that has a player like this actually is always going to have a chance in international football. Um, you know, that's the sort of... Uh, the, the, this is what, obviously what Ireland are lacking. Uh, and some teams are lucky enough to have a... I mean, I'm not saying it's... it's it's Without this, you can't possibly do anything. But it does help to have a player who's just better than everyone else uh, in, in international football. And you do still... This still does happen. If... Uh, you saw the game between Norway and Sweden. Uh, it was in Sweden, a, a Nations League, a neighbourly Nations League clash, uh, which was won two 0 by Norway. Uh, it sounds, Murph, though you don't know anything about the game. But if you were to hazard a guess, as the player who scored the <laughs> couple of goals for Norway, you know who would be the first guess? Oh, that you...
1: well, you know what you want me to say is Erling Holland.
2: Well, Erling Holland is the right answer. Um, who obviously, it's never just, it's never simple. By the that, way,
1: I didn't say anything. That doesn't mean that I don't know anything. No, you know, no, but. You just presumed there that by, by my silence. Well, it just sounded as I was just though, gathering my thoughts. I but you weren't. You, d- you
2: didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I saw that. You were just, you, you, I, I, I seen. But look, I, I'm not expecting you to I didn't want to, to throw you off watching, your stride. That's all. Awesome. Just sit watching Sweden against Norway. Burling Islands. Um. Played in this game, he scored a penalty, and then he scored again in the second half. Uh, Norway scored a kind of goal you wouldn't see Ireland scoring, um, because it was a, they were they uh, they had Egil Olsen, old Drillo you know their their old um, long ball coach from the from mm. the nineties. You also remember he was briefly at Wimbledon, didn't go very well, but uh, yes. it was goalkeeper goal kick, boom, seventy yards, flick on. Uh, Haaland destroys the defender and smashes it in. And, of course, being Haaland, he then turns around to the other defender and goes, yeah, into his face, right? And everyone's like, oh, Jesus, what was that? And then he explains after the game, this uh, defender, Alexander Milosevic uh, of Sweden, uh, Haaland's account of what happened was, first, he called me a whore, which, by the way, I am not, uh, says uh, Haaland. Then he said he was going to break my legs. A minute and a half later, I scored. That was fine, that was damn fine. He didn't say damn fine. did he? Well, he used the word fint, which yeah. which means fine. And I'm just I'm just going to say he said he said it was damn fine. I mean that's what he meant. Yeah. So he, uh, this is what he, this is the way it is with Holland. You know, he scores and then he rubs your nose in it because apparently you've been trying to wind him up, and you should, which you should never do. Well, some of his Norwegian teammates are saying, oh, I've tried that with him in training and I would never do it. You know, it just gives him energy. It gives him power when you call him a whore or, you know, say you're going to break him. He then scores on you and then he goes, ah, into your face. Um, Milosevic says none of this happened. Uh, I wouldn't have said that. Uh, he says, uh, I never called him a whore. Uh, I don't speak Norwegian. I don't understand it. I don't know if he speaks Swedish. Um he says uh, i speak english the bit it's interesting that he says things which i didn't say super interesting uh, but what happened on the pitch stays there i'll move on um they then said is erling haaland the best player you've ever played against and he said no but is he <laughs> is he nearly the best player and most of said no so uh you know it's a little i mean bit what
1: of, the hell else is he going to say when he's been accused of calling him a whore in calling
2: yeah um yeah maybe he's not in the mood to uh, to to be gracious with his compliments for the footballing ability, but certainly he was withholding them one way or the other. However, whatever it is Holland is doing, uh, even if uh, he doesn't get high ratings from critics like Alexander Milosevic, he certainly seems to be able to bang in quite a lot of goals. And so, uh, so even if he's doing it in an ugly, uh, uh, raw way, uh, there is something about it which remains oddly compelling. Uh, and I do, uh, I do wonder if ever we ourselves will have a. Uh, you now maybe Evan Ferguson is the new uh, is the Irish Highland. Maybe it's Mipo Odo who is going to be playing uh, tonight. I imagine. Well, this evening, Atala. Uh, this is the, if just in case the the Ireland game had depressed you a little bit too much. Um, it, it's always nice to there look was at our
1: under twenty ones. Yeah, yes, it's nice On to look Friday at, evening. Very good.
2: Yeah, and uh, you're yeah, scoring three goals. Smallbone scored two. Adabeko scored the other. Uh, also assisted Smallbone with a great little flick uh, into his path for the first goal, which uh, Kenny Cunningham in commentary seemed to think was unintentional. <laughs> uh, and Alan Coley and Richie Sadler. But why all did they all the, think it was unintentional? All of them. All of
1: them made a point of saying it was unintentional. I was like, well, maybe it was, but there is a chance that he he meant to do exactly that, yeah. and. You know, Mullanoiga August Chucky Sheet. Yeah. Ken. You know, that would be that would be my my I mean, if there's a ten percent chance he meant it, let's just go with he meant it.
2: What about the finish when he ran onto that ball and just hammered it past the goalkeeper early in the manner of Daniel Sturridge? Was that unintentional as well or? I mean, this is what I'm talking about, Ken, you know? You know, hit a hit a really early finish like that and the goalkeeper doesn't even dive. It's like wow. Um so, look, all I'm saying is uh this is all uh, highly promising. They're Ireland under 21s, just as they've been for us. They're a beacon for us. Uh, and they have been when Stephen Kenny was managing them. They are. They still are now under Jim Crawford. Uh, so that's at 5 p.m. Uh, if you want to check that out, uh, and maybe it will be better news than um, than the senior team. Although, as we said, you know we've still got a few games to go. This ain't over yet. So, uh, but this section of the podcast is over.
3: It the
0: all pumped. We haven't got leaders. They're all like just he headphones. headphones. Inside and outside blue. They don't communicate. You can't get anything out of them. That's why we're
4: no good. they They're all just headphones. They don't communicate on the pitch, they don't communicate off the pitch. They're all pampered. Oh, we're getting ready for Russia. Good luck. Got and then after
0: that, we'll be building a team for Timbuktu. Book how have England reacted to that equaliser? Perfectly. Um, no panic, calm straight down, continue dominating the game, playing and staying in Iceland's halves. It's been the perfect response. You'd think that no problem. <laughs> after four minutes, and. They say, uh, <laughs> The, beating. the only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sigurdsson, who really Sig Oh my oh word! My oh. Tell us, talk us through that, Steve. I think we know what's happened. Oh, talk just saying, Sig Thorson.
2: <laughs> he just cannot.
1: Well, we were all certainly hoping this chat was going to be more fun than it will be, but nevertheless, we have Richie Sadler with us. Richie, how are you? Morning Murph, how are you getting on? I'm good, and Gavin Cooney of the 42 is with us as well. Hey Gavin, how are you? Hey Murph. Uh, well Richie, what happened? Uh, this seems like the worst result in a while. Uh, you know, we had a big lead in, uh, you know, we a lot of hopes, a lot of dreams for this Nations League uh, competition and we still played really badly and lost to uh, Screamer from 30 yards out, as is by now our tradition.
4: I had allowed myself get quite hopeful and optimistic before this game at the weekend. Um, I'd watched Scotland last week. He wasn't really impressed by them and heard Kieran Canning in the pod last week kind of rip them apart. I thought, well, they're beatable and we're going to play Ukraine a few days after. They're either going to find out that they're going or not going to the World Cup. Surely that's a slight advantage for us in terms of timing. And I did what... All players advised not to do i completely forgot about the next opponent and i didn't take things one game at a time i assumed armenia would be a result that we would uh, get and um, not particularly comfortably i didn't expect but i thought we would and should win a game like that and reflecting on the performance it's not an unfair result it's not a result that the armenians didn't deserve Um and there are lots of times you can lose a game and point to patterns of play or phases of the game or things you did or the things the referee didn't do or belt her of a performance by the keeper we have little or nothing to point to from the weekend to say that we didn't deserve um the result that we got so yeah rare very low start to a campaign which in my head at least potentially um could have delivered something
1: well gavin did you share those assumptions that uh richie met
3: yeah i think so um you know, the, the positivity was well founded Ireland had come into this game, having lost what was it one game and nine, and that was the Ronaldo show in Faro. There was a kind of a, an upward trend of progress, maybe if you accept that home game against Azerbaijan, but there were issues in that game and also issues obviously in that defeat to Luxembourg, which reared its head again um again in Yerevan and it's really it was a very dispiriting result for Ireland, and a quite a damaging one, you have to say.
2: Uh, for the manager yeah i just wonder Gavin if you if you're thinking about the game was influenced at all by uh by you know your experience of actually being there um uh, i just wanted to, I just wondered how it was in in Yerevan this time it's like twelve years since Ireland were there last but now it it seems to be a kind of a Pretty unstable situation there. I mean, they recently lost the war. There was—I I heard Darren Maloney saying commentary that the FAI had sent a security team to check on the political situation uh, before the game, which sounded quite unusual. What I mean, you know, what can you tell us about that aspect of it?
3: Yeah, there is an element of the FAI sending out a security team of uh, the Skibbereen Eagle, keeping an eye on the on the Tsar of Russia. Um, there wasn't too many open signs of uh, of upheaval or turmoil on the on the city streets we have to say we were braced for having read things and obviously this came up at a pretty much one of the football press conferences which was certainly when i realized that there was something i probably had to start googling um but there was no real sign of too much upheaval um on the streets there was a gathering there was a fairly large gathering on the friday evening in the city center our hotel was just beside it um there was maybe now wasn't huge protest, by any means maybe a few thousand that gathered and and marched be uh, marched down a street beyond uh, beyond our hotel. Um, the protests have been uh, kind of whipped up by opposition leaders in uh, in a bid to topple the current prime minister. The um, Armenian Azerbaijan have been in, have been in conflict over the Nagorno karabakh region, which uh, just to bring it back from a very <laughs> a very personal point of view red uh, led to a few questions of passport control over the stamps that we had in, in our passport have been to Azerbaijan just yeah yes yeah. so we were like no football football um and they took our time letting us through but but they let us through uh, so the opposition leaders of uh, are are starting this protest movement to try and topple the prime minister of, over uh, allegedly conceding too much in the uh, peace negotiations with uh, with Azerbaijan which um on which Vladimir Putin and Russia are the uh are the guarantors but there's maybe they had turned a little bit violent in recent weeks we were we were told and we read ahead of ahead of this and uh, in where protesters had, had broken into some government buildings so there was a slightly i don't know a uh, pregnant air around the place when we came back from the pre-match press conference back into the city on Friday evening when there's thousands corralled around that main city square and riot police with shields just standing guard around the entrances to the various government buildings uh, dotted around the city center but that all that all went ahead without any uh, without any real incident or any real incident that uh, um, that spilled into the city centre uh, city centre anyway.
2: So the conditions generally the sort of conditions of atmosphere didn't seem like a huge influence or huge uh, an unusual influence on the game to you.
3: Uh, well, certainly not the certainly not the political situation, and as regards the heat, we talked a lot about the heat and the build-up. The players were insistent that it wouldn't be an excuse, and I'm not sure really that it was. It was hot before kickoff. I think it was 33 degrees, 34 degrees at um at pitch level, but with about 30 minutes before the game kicked off, uh, the sky, the sun was kind of smothered with cloud, and it, the temperature did drop a little bit. It was still warm and still not ideal situations, but you know it was in Orlando. The players weren't talked about it not. No, it talks, um... Sorry, would refuse to use it as an excuse ahead of the game, um, mm. and in fairness, they can he refer to it as a factor, uh, but there was no one hiding behind that excuse uh, post game.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the Armenians was down with cramp, I think, in fifty nine minutes. So it wasn't. It was two teams who were affected by it. And if, also, you know, was the Armenians are really old.
3: You know, they they the highest yeah. average age of any squad across the fifty five nations that competed yeah. in the World Cup qualifiers. So you know, okay, they're used to the heat, but they're weary, aging. They have a load of weary and aging limbs. So Ireland really shouldn't be clinging to that as an excuse
2: yeah Richie what do you think is 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 going on here I mean we have got a game plan which is all about dominating the ball and whenever we do we we don't win we don't know we don't know what to do with the ball
4: yeah, I think this is one of those games which can show up the limitations of analysing a game based on statistics that are available. I think at one point, maybe towards the end of the first half, did Darren Maloney call out a stat that Ireland had 69% of the ball or 200-something and something passes? I forget what it was, and, 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 and you kind of think, well, what, what, what this is good, but if you actually... Watch the game and analyze what we did with the ball i think Ogbeni afterwards used the phrase the ball speed i think needed to be better it was mm. I, I i'm trying to picture myself being in the armenian mindset of any of the defenders at any point in the game or particularly at half time do you know when the opposition has the ball you think well they're going to present a load of dilemmas there's lots of unpredictable things. Or when yeah. each attacking move of the opposition breaks down, whether they you know, shoot wide or a keeper saves it or, or goes out for a throw, y- you see pictures of players looking at each other with their hands out, going, lads, give me a hand here. What do I do? Because they're facing fullbacks which are overlapping or underlapping or midfielders which are entering into areas they didn't suspect or really clever moving from front players. We were just predictable and we were kind of slow and a passing game works well if, it does, if it's done with purpose and at a particular speed. But a, a, a passing game by the players that we have played at the pace we played it at is, is not going to cause many problems at all. And, and we, we, we were up against a team which didn't have many ambitions to go forward in the first half at all, really. And so we we're always going to have more of the ball. We we're always going to have territorial advantage. We we're always going to probably create more chances. But the quality of our play... It it it's. It, it, I'm not giving any player a free pass because they haven't played in four or five six weeks. But that the beginning of the game played as out as if we were a group of players that were sluggish and and sloppy and off the pace that they would expect of themselves or that we've seen of them previously. Um, because we were poor to begin with. I think Collins gave the ball away sloppily a couple of times and 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 Duffy and one or two others. You just think. Okay, we need to up this, we need to improve this. And, and even at actually at half time. as like first half wasn't great, but I often find myself, you you assess the first half and it's slightly tinted by your expectation of what you're about to see in the second half. So I did that thing at halftime, which a lot, maybe a lot of people do when you watch a game, you kind of go, okay, that wasn't great, but we're going to build on this slow passing game with with actually a bit more clinical play or a bit more um energy or there might be actual goal scoring chances created and the opposition will kind of begin to fade and we will do what we did maybe against luxembourg we'll get one and then more will follow but the second half started even worse than the first half and it didn't pick up so it was really really disappointing and um, you could make a case for some of the players like Tripart didn't have a good game. He hasn't played in a month, and his last game was the really, really disappointing defeat in playoffs with the MK Dons. So assume privately he's decisions to make about his career. He's maybe unsure where his club football is next season. There are others as well. Collins has just been relegated. Coleman finished on a high with Everton, but that's probably the most emotionally draining end to any season he's ever had. But they've had a month to kind of process all of those things and get over it if any of these things are an issue with any of the players I've just mentioned. Um, Of course, we don't know how the players have spent the last few weeks, whether they've been in kind of taking over, minding their fitness, whether they've switched off, which would be understandable. We played like a group of players who haven't played together in a long, long time, which is really, really disappointing.
2: Yeah, I mean, that issue that you mentioned of the slow pace of play is not something of which the... You know coaching staff is unaware i mean gavin if you recall the time when um after Stephen kenny had signed his contract he brought the journalists into the the tactics room and uh i mean the so-called tactics room where we watched basically a bunch of goals that ireland had scored and, and some chances that they created and on. if they looked like being a goal it was pretty positive stuff i guess that was one of the things he mentioned actually injecting pace into moves and um John Egan I think he highlighted as a player who who's passing often did this you know he 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 showed Egan you know hitting a ball first time forward and and it's sort of uh, and suddenly the move was was moving at a different speed uh I remember Troy Parrott did something on the wing at one point where he kind of he dropped the sho- you know he looked like he was going to pass it back across and he sort of dropped the shoulder and darted up the line and I thought this is an example of one of the moments that's happening and I honestly I'm racking my brain And I can't think of any other moments like that in the game. Why do you think Ireland is, why do you think Ireland are failing to do this? I mean, everyone knows what it is that we want and somehow we seem unable to produce it.
3: It's very strange, isn't it? I did also think of that John Egan moment against Azerbaijan and the pace of the passing because I, bet, I, I bet it was very interesting afterwards talking about how um, how the ball speed was uh, how the ball speed was too slow. He also used an interesting word in that there was some complacency in it. You know, it's, it's as if like you know the job here is to have the ball. We're doing our job here, and they do kind of forget that it's about scoring a goal. There, there, you could see there were a couple of rehearsed moves in the first half that did almost work off there was a definite attempt to get Ogbené in behind the left side of their, uh well as it turned out to be a back five but there was so little space to do it um, that Ireland struggled but there was some good movement where you know uh, where Ogbené switched over to the left Parrot and Robinson dropped off and then Ogbené managed to create some space with a kind of an arcing diagonal run in behind that only happened once I think that didn't happen enough and then there was a couple of moves in the first half where Hendrik threaded a ball through for Robinson and then Ogbené who squared it to the who squared it to each other uh, in differing moves and Robinson had that one that was hooked maybe it was off the line and then Ogbené pulled another one really uh, tamely wide at the far post and that was about it you know so there were some rehearsed moves in the first half there probably wasn't enough of them um, Kenny also spoke afterwards about lacking width and you know this maybe raises the deeper question of whether the, the old three of the back is needed in every game Ireland play, particularly against these, against what we would perceive as the group's fodder, because the, Ireland needed a lot more than from the wing backs than they got. Seamus Coleman physically struggled throughout the game. I thought quite a lot. Mm. He didn't, you know, he didn't get up and down that wing as Matt Doherty can, and he's also a different player to Doherty. Like Doherty is. I think there's a case to be made that Dardy's the most important player in that Irish team, particularly if they play that system. He takes up really clever positions, uh, sometimes wide, but often infield, uh, in, um, coming in off that right wing, where he links well with Hendrik, and so there was an instance of that in the, in the 3-0 win away to Luxembourg. Uh, so he was a big miss, so you could ask, why are you playing this situate, uh, system if you don't have Doherty in it um, and then Stevens again look looked slow on okay he's been battling back from injury and hasn't played a whole lot of minutes either he looked kind of slow on the left at left wing back as well there was a couple of times where he got to the dry, uh, got to the byline and and pulled it back and Ireland created half chances that were blocked you think keep doing that and one will break for them because Armenia were were so eager to rush back there was you know they were often like very close to their own goal line you just had to keep your composure pull the ball back and the chance would be there but Ireland really didn't do that often enough and you know I'm kind of caught between do Ireland need a a different approach here Mm. like is there another plan needed and then thinking well actually maybe if the players could keep their heads and and stick to the plan maybe things would be better because the most lamentable part of the performance was the last 15 minutes after they went a goal down it's just panic stations. You know, they're booting like really low percentage crosses into the penalty area. There was like, I think the most damning fact of the game was the fact that after, after Ireland went to goal down, uh, they'd, they had one attempt that was a John Egan header and went wide yeah. it wasn't even on target like that's that's so poor and it was the same against in the home game against Azerbaijan okay one of those crosses went uh, went in um, off, uh, off Shane Duffy's head as as per but just a panic and like there was no sense okay there was there was obviously jubilation on the ground when Armenia won that game meant a lot for them a lot to them on a couple of levels but there was no sense that they were cl- clinging on and I really felt like you know they could have
2: played an hour of stoppage Time, Ireland were going to score. Just on the on the crossing issue, Richie. I think this is quite interesting. Um, just how bad Ireland's crosses were in the game, like for for the entire game. Now, this is other things that that Kenny talked about that time when he when he was sort of going through the the tactics or, or the goals really with the journalists. There was a couple of things he mentioned. One of them was um, that the wing backs in the system are actually encouraged to play on the inside. So he showed a couple of moves where. You know you had players like darty or, or Coleman or um you know whoever it was. Uh, rather than you know this idea of going down the outside, which kind of people I suppose traditionally think of wingbacks or fullbacks doing, he's saying now look, you know, uh, here we can see they've kind of moved to the inside channel, or like the winger in front of them is is in the outside channel now. So so you don't have uh, players in the same lane. You know this is this is the idea. You know if if one player is outside, then the one behind him is inside. This kind of this sort of thinking, but definitely that idea of the wingbacks aren't really supposed to be going around the around the back of the defence. Let's say. Um, this seemed, watching the game. Uh, to I mean, I kind of was thinking we we, we are we do are, are quite kind of a narrow and congested team here. Like we're not actually creating a lot from this. From the did you get the did you get the impression that the that the sort of play in wide areas was was letting us down?
4: Yeah. Well, the 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 the, the quality of the crossing certainly was 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 poor and um, there there was not much space behind the armenians because they sat so deep so everything we did we more or less everything we did we kind of had to do in front of them and like moments of creativity or a or, or quick passing or, or, or clever movement or even things done at a really high pace we're we're, were so like i've all my notes here in front of me of the game there's, there's nothing jumping out of me at all and like the the, the it it was it was it was all just so flat. Like, see, so you, 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 like you talk about the lack of sharpness of the players, or no game time. If complacency is an issue, so their mindset, as a Benny touched on, is a problem. The, the the ball speed was an issue. Like I agree with Gavlik that that the goalkeeper didn't have to make a save after we went to goal down against Armenia for fifteen minutes. Um, I think in attack we were just fairly disjointed. Troy didn't individually bring bring much to it at all. And even though the others. Benny and Robinson switched a couple of times we were we didn't cause problems and for 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 a manager and I think this is what's important like for a manager who has for so long talked about the things that he's talked about we know what they are like whether it's it's, it's passing playing a different way get people to look at us differently like win games differently as an Irish team and um, his post-match comments, actually, about being stumped that they went to a different defensive formation than they were expected. So I think that yeah, did That's say, did he, say cons- he was stumped? Not stumped, sorry. That's that. That's my word. He, he said at one point, you know, we, we, we've said analyzed- He was
2: definitely surprised, because he, he said they'd played, like, 20 games, four for two, they'd never play with five. But they did lose their last game 9-0, so maybe they were thinking about changing after that.
4: Yeah, I know. Like, he, he did say, you know, we've analysed the last 20 games, and they've played this way by once, and... So on so the flip on one side, you know, great. It, don't we have a managerial, uh, a, a set up here who are you know very well prepared and and they 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 analyse everything and you know that's exactly what we want. Previous managers haven't done that, but then again, that we were so we, we seem so short of ideas or short of a responses to, to 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 Armenian setting out the way that they did because. Like, can you imagine the, the, their discussions at half time. The, the Armenian coach did mention this afterwards. He said that at halftime, he said to the players, like, there, there's a different way for us to play here in the second half. So I think he gave the Armenian version of, you know, lads, we were giving them way too much respect here. If we get at them, there's there's a bit of joy to be had. Similar, like Daesh said about Lampard's Everton that time. So I don't know if this lot know how to see this through, because that's what our performance was screaming. It's just like we went out with the idea, let's keep it everyone knows what positions they're in we might have been surprised by how our minions are set up but collectively we've no idea what to do here we, we haven't got that that thing that a team has like i i some this is what i meant a moment ago when i said at halftime i thought maybe this is okay because the slow ponderous stuff in the first half you could reframe that as well this is you know game management it's it's apparently really hot out there they haven't played in a month, and you can't be explosive and dynamic for ninety minutes. So there's gonna be a dynamic, explosive five, ten-minute spell. Maybe at the start of the second half, we're gonna come out and really, really light the place up. But we were just waiting. It was just always we were watching, waiting, and the players looked as if they were just waiting for one another to do something. um And we got what we deserved, which was nothing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling they, that the team. Actually, you know, despite this sort of year of improvement, um, 2021, uh, which, I mean, okay, and, and, and the earlier results this year, maybe continuing that trend a little bit, this is team not, is not yet confident, really. They don't really have confidence. I mean, you know, the, there was the, maybe the Nathan Collins mistake early on conditions that a little bit. Like it's, it's, you know, Collins, when you look at his stats, was actually the, the best Irish passer in the game. You know, he he touched the ball more than anyone. He had he had the best passing percentage, pass, pass completion of anyone, apart from Kelleher, who 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 actually had hundred percent, which is incredible for an Irish goalkeeper, really. But the fact that he just made that mistake early does sort of maybe put the team on the back foot a little bit. I mean, this happens to the best teams. You know, I saw Luka Modric after the Champions League final say that, in his opinion, the the key moment was the offside goal. That Real Madrid scored, after which Liverpool lost all their confidence. They suddenly kind of thought, "Oh my God, what if we make a mistake?" And I kind of get the feeling with this team that they're that you know this this sort of improvement trajectory they've been on sort of hasn't really uh, embedded itself in them as real confidence. But you know this this sort of slow and ponderous, careful play, you know, where they where they're sort of oh you know, do we want to give the ball away? Um, the the immediate uh, panic after conceding a goal where they just sort of start, start lashing balls in, you know, in the hope of, of getting someone's head on it. Like they sort of abandoned the whole, the whole plan as soon as they came under real pressure. All of this suggests a team that actually underneath it all is still really fragile.
1: And sorry, maybe just as a corollary of that, uh, Gavin, like how difficult is it to, when, you, when you're not playing at club level? I mean, you know, like you can kind of have these run of results but you know, it maybe it's easier for us to forget about the fact that Jeff Hendrick played like, you know, 60 minutes of club football between the last Ireland game and this Ireland game. So, whatever confidence you can build, you know, as an Irish team, you're still an Irish player playing very little club minutes. Hmm. Like, you know, maybe that maybe that is the explanation for what Ken's talking about.
3: I think that, your point, Murph, manifested itself physically as much as anything else. Like, Jeff Hendrick was good. I thought Jeff Hendrick was arguably Ireland's best player in the first half. Like, if anyone was going to find the pass to get through that that Armenian defence, it was going to be Hendrick. But he just wilted completely in the second half. Uh, I think he's played 69 minutes at club level since the end of March, since Ireland's last game. On the confidence thing, I think that's... uh, that's that's a very good point. I mean, and there was an offside goal in this game as well, and Ireland didn't react to it. You know, the it was obviously offside. The right wing back was miles offside, but because the flag goes up late, it changes the emotional energy in in the ground. But Ireland didn't react like a team that had a bullet whizz past their shoulder. They they just played worse. You know, and Kenny didn't make a sub. I think for another ten minutes after that, Femi came in, came on and was really disappointing. But if you think logically about, like, why would Ireland have any confidence that they can go to Armenia and win? Because the pattern is thus, and the pattern has been the same for under previous Irish managers as well. Uh, in that, uh, you know, give us a, give us a ball in the air of grass, give us a, enough space against an opponent that'll leave us it, and we, they've proven to be a good counterattacking team that can also cause trouble on set pieces. But there's no proof that Ireland can break down these these teams teams that ask them to be the protagonists and sit deep uh, um, when there's an early goal it settles everything you know like 3-0 away to, Az- uh, to Azerbaijan but like I mean the, in the last year since Ireland started playing as three of the back you know that's the eureka moment and that's, and that's what changed everything uh, going into to 2021 Ireland's three uh, the three games in which Ireland have had the highest share of possession and the highest number of passes was Luxembourg at home Azerbaijan at home and Armenia away which Ireland have lost two and drawn one and I think Kenny is the first Irish manager to ever lose two games to sides outside the top ninety in the world. So this is a this is a recurring uh, problem. And I don't know, like maybe I'm reading too much into this, but f- like the pre-match press conference was a lot more interesting than I than we expected it to be. Because oh my god, I can't believe. we had a we had a sit down with Kenny in the team hotel the day before for you know twenty twenty five minutes. He was very generous with his time and his thoughts, and we came away thinking, yeah, that was good, but what do we talk about in the pre-match press conference? Because it's effectively just us. As it turns out, a couple of Armenian journalists came up, uh, turned up to uh, to talk about their polished grievances from uh, the Euro 2012 qualifier 11 years ago. Um, but then mm. there was very... Well, they weren't the only ones with <laughs> historic grievances. <laughs> they were a very, very tame question about, do you want to get your, you know, the monkey off your back in your first UEFA Nations League win? And Kenny went off on one about talking about how unfairly they were judged in the... Uh, in the Nations League in 2020, went back talking about the two-meter physical distancing rules that cost Aaron Connolly and Adam Eder their position in the qualifier um, in in Bratislava, and you're thinking, well, yeah, but you know, you've won, you've won that argument. That like that's yeah. that's ancient Over. history, you know. And I wonder, like, is that is that a kind of fragility of confidence? And I don't know. It, this uh,
2: this is probably it definitely, suge- it definitely suggests that Gavin. I mean, uh, you know, when when. Um I mean Richie what what did you make of the, the comments I mean this was uh this is the, this is before the game and and it did sort of stick out to me as well I was, I was like why is he talking about this like this? and 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 what is he trying to tell us here that 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 wasn't terrible that that really was terrible it was terrible but everyone sort of accepted that there were that there were reasons why that happened. You know, all those the sort of things that he, that he was mentioning, but like it's, it's happened, you know, it's time to move on. Don't kind of, kind of come back to us and say, well, actually, our, that record wasn't as bad as, as people say, and people really came, I was just thinking this is one of the most pointless things I've heard him say in a long time.
4: Yeah, pointless is a, is a word I thought of as well. I mean, we were saying things like, you know, the analysis of that tournament doesn't count and I, I don't accept what was being said and people were out to get us and, and all that stuff. And, and there's one of the things that actually was impressed by Stephen during the times when things were difficult. He was very firm in his belief that things would go well and sometimes he'd give interviews which he describe as kind of bullish, like he'd be, he'd be confident, he'd be determined and... He'd, he'd, he'd sound as if he's going to stick to his principles, and he's got this, and 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 that's exactly the kind of impression you want to give out at a time when things aren't going well. But to to say what he said in that scenario at this time before this game, it just I I'd be the I'd be I'd be kind of sitting here going, is this that, that doesn't doesn't portray like confidence or belief it's like it's kind of like it's some lingering little insecurity or fragility i think is the word you use that he's still trying to rewrite a story which has been told many many times but we've all moved on from so um yeah i think i think he did himself a favor by just kind of knocking all that in the head and and just
2: concentrate and winning that winning a game (laughs) it's so irrelevant that stuff (laughs) now is so
4: irrelevant and and for him to be the one leading it. Like it wasn't like he was. Yeah, there, was he like, wasn't
2: asked about that. I mean exactly. it, the question sort of implied it, but it was it, you know, it wasn't only it was Martin O'Neill also failed to failed to win a game in the Nations League. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, you haven't done it. It was like sorry, Gavin, you If want you're to, if
4: you're in a sorry, if you're in a press conference in a room and you've somebody hammering away at you on a particular issue, fair enough, you've you've got to deal with it or if the press have gone on for weeks about it, you have to address it. But this was none of those things. This seemed to be something that he is still really, really thinks strongly about it and feels like he's got stuff to get off his chest. And he's still trying to influence people's thinking about that time. We mm. just think, forget about it. You, your job is too important and too big now to be gone on like that. Mm.
3: It's no. a slightly over exaggerated thing for me to say, but it struck me as someone who's kind of more comfortable campaigning than governing. You know, I mean, the I mean that like he's won the argument, like he he won, like (laughs) he delivered the eighty seat majority, and now he's got to go on, you know, and do the job. And like the Armenia game was the very first step on the road to qualification for Euro twenty twenty four. The UEFA Nations League is of a piece with that uh, qualification campaign, and Mm -hmm. it was a. It was a dud. I mean, and and it wasn't like an, an aberrant dud. It was the continuation of a trend we've seen under e- previous Irish managers, and that has continued under him. That uh, that hasn't been addressed is the struggle to break down teams who sit deep and to talk about that and to talk about being surprised by them setting up to a back five. Well, this is, this is the problem with evolution of football. Like you get better, but everyone realizes you get better, so you've got to get better again. Like it's a it's a very yeah. difficult job. But well, on has that has point so then, ast-
2: to to on that point um (laughs) the question of change of system he's already done it once and you know broadly i I think it's been a it's been a successful move maybe now there are some flaws uh you know becoming apparent you know in everything we've been talking about particularly in in games such as armenia and you know it's it's we we have struggled in, in these types of situations Um, are you now in the camp that says, well, we need to change the system again? And from Stephen Kenny's point of view, it's not just a tactical question, it's kind of a political question now too. Like, you know, if you change your system again, does that look bold and innovative or confused and weak?
3: (laughs) I think you should forget about the political... <laughs> forget about the political implications he's got a contract exchange and he's got the job until at least the euro's campaign so he just needs to he needs to maximize no, okay i there. mean
2: he doesn't he doesn't need to for the time being you know he doesn't need to worry about the contract situation or or say the the battle of public opinion right i mean although he does seem to worry about it a little bit judging by by his comments but just in terms of how his own players say that that's an audience that he does need to impress and and Take with him. You know, if hypothetically he was to say, lads, you know, we're, we're going back to 433 or, you know, something like this. Uh <laughs> do you think people would be like hang on a second we were just we were just learning like do you think you have to stick with a system like this regardless of the flaws or is it okay to to change should we say yes of course all managers change the the basic style of play from time to time i think
3: there has to be some change and the example of how change is uh can work uh, was seen uh, by the republic of ireland under stephen kenny one year ago because that changes system Did work massively. They changed to a back three. They modified how they play. They're a lot more direct or uh, vertical is probably the more acceptable use of the phrase in football circles now. Um... Kenny was asked after the game whether he was going to change the system. Uh, He said, no, we have to get better at what we're doing. And in one way you find, okay, that's, you know, there's a principal guy that's quite admirable. I mean, I've been on this podcast and elsewhere criticising previous Irish managers for not having a plan. So I have thought about would it sound very churlish of me to criticise, oh, this guy's sticking too much to the plan. This guy's (laughs) plan is getting in the way. (laughs) Get a a new plan. Um, But like you did, I I just kind of realised it as you were talking earlier on, like he did say there are nuances we can improve within the system. One of them is surely get more width into the team. Like if you want the wing backs coming inside, it would seem logical to me that you have left and right footers outside them. I mean, there were so many bottlenecks in the center of the pitch against. Yeah, this, is, this is
2: what this is what Guardiola does when he has his his players coming. I mean, okay, we're you know we're not Guardiola or whatever, but you know he plays Raheem Sterling on the right wing or whatever. You know if if he's going to have players doing that and. Um, yeah, we well we weren't uh, we weren't doing that certainly on our left side.
3: Yeah, like Steve, he wants Stevens to come in field, but like you know Troy Parrott with his right footed, he was coming in field trying to be kind of a pseudo number ten as well, and he was struggling. But there was just so many bodies around him, and Hendrick was trying to thread the ball through the eye of a needle, and and Coleman was coming in field a bit and didn't have quite the pace to to get to the byline, um, particularly as the game wore on. Ogbeni was spending so much time with his back to go. Like every time Ogbeni had was receiving the ball, with his back to go was another small triumph for. Armenia like I mean that's not where he's dangerous and um, so there are probably nuances within it but again like there's now there's now the trend of you know Ireland have struggled against Luxembourg against Azerbaijan against Armenia and um, do you really need a back three uh, in those games? Because uh, you mentioned earlier on that Nathan Collins was Ireland's best passer. It was very easy for Nathan Collins to be Ireland's best passer. And the top pass combination was Collins to Shane Duffy. And Armenia would take that all day because it's not going to cause them any problems. So you do you do wonder, uh, okay, Ireland don't have a number good, like a really crafty number 10 that can prize open these teams, as Ken- some of Kenny's club teams might have had in the past. Um but you do wonder, do we really need three centre-backs in these games? Or do we need three centre-backs in the 95th minute against these teams? Because uh, Kenny has always talked with a slight air of bafflement as how, as to, as to how Rotherham used Chidozi Ogbeni as a right wing-back. He says, we always see him as a forward. Yet at the end of that game, so Chidozi Agbene is a right w- right wing-back. Um, so that felt to me like, here's this guy prioritising the system over what he often believes is best. Uh, so I think that could... Uh, I think that uh, needs need some thought on his part.
4: So, what do you that issue? Sorry, go on. That issue, can't Sorry about it being a, a, a political consideration. Now that Stephen might, in his mind somewhere, think that there's going to be a bit of pushback against or criticism on him if he changes it. I, I I've been saying this, Raj. I think being versatile and adaptable and slightly unpredictable—all those things—are a strength of a coach. Mm. Like if I'm playing against a team and I'm if there's a bit of a doubt as to how they're going to line up, or I'm playing against a manager and I'm unsure as to what he's going to ask his players to do, I think that's a sign of a good manager. And I think that, that there's a couple of areas here. One is let, let let's say against Ukraine or Scotland, probably won't happen, but let's say it does, he changes the formation. I I don't expect he will. Um, how we react publicly is one thing. Like I'll I'll be saying there, well, okay, yeah, you, Ukraine are going to present very very different challenges and scenarios then an Armenia team will. So it stands to reason that you might explore different ways of playing against that, right? Mm. Completely logical, really rational, nothing nothing too fancy about that. But then the internal reaction, I think, is a key one. Like you said there, Ken, how will the dressing room respond? Because, and where I'm thinking here is, if privately, if Stephen or the coaching staff have kind of openly... In, in, in conversation around coaching, you know, left it open to, well, this is how we're playing at the moment, but, you know, it can change because we've, we've players that can play in different ways and we're going to play against opponents that play in different ways. So it's just common sense. But for the moment, we're doing this. Well, then a change of formation won't really sound that drastic. But if he privately has said, we're well, rigidly, this is our answer, this is what we do, and we've we've landed on a formation and blah, 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 blah. and then there's a change or there's a change before a game like Wednesdays or next Saturdays and it's, it's on the back of one or two poor performances. Then it can be interpreted within the dressing room as Okay, this is starting to feel like shaky hands. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. We're not dealing with a manager here who has a a single focus. We're dealing with a fellow who, on the back of a couple of bad results, has done the thing he said he'd never do. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, I mean, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's, if he's, you know, made a blood oath never to change back from three, five, two, whatever. He he always played back four before this, you know, and he said that he changed his, he he decided it had to change after that England game. You know, and this is something we've, we've talked about before, so there's no need to go back over all this. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure if he's changed once, he could change. But the question surely is, it, you know, every, every manager maybe is going to change uh, various aspects or various emphases, that, emphases emphasize, uh, of, of what the team is doing in any given game. But something as basic as do we defend with a back four or a back three, those are, those sorts of questions are usually settled. There actually aren't too many managers who who kind of switch freely between, between those two systems, aren't there? Um, Armenia, maybe? <laughs> <They do>. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arme- Armenia had been ca- had been consistent back four up to I mean, you know, it, we, we're always talking about international football. I mean, Guardiola does it a little bit, I suppose. Um, but, you know, uh, but we're always talking about international football. You know, you can't really coach the players that much. There's not that much time to work on stuff. Surely the question of do we defend with a four or a three or a five has to be the kind of thing that's settled.
3: Yeah, and look, at the moment it is settled. I mean, he has definitely settled it um, in uh, in favour of a back three. And as I said, he's he said he's not going to change it. So he, he will look to improve. You know, plan B is to make plan A better, etc. Um, and there won't be... Like there, what? There's another three games left between now and, and what
2: Wednesday week, which are, um, which could change everything that we're talking about here. We could regret this this sort of um, dreary tone of this conversation completely with three minutes. Yeah,
4: there's three <laughs> games between now and next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: But, but happily, the news cycle will have forgotten all of this by tomorrow.
3: Um, but uh, um, yeah, look, he's not he's not going to change within within this window. Um, it's whether he goes away and in the long. Uh, Lay off until next September. Decides that something needs to change. Um, he won't change it now, uh, but you know, just the trend of struggling against these lower ranked sides is established now, and it's been a back three for it all. And you can look at oh, we've been undone by three screamers. Like, what more we, can we do? They're like, yeah, that is aberrant. But what is the trend is that those ge- those goals have always been decisive because Ireland are not scoring enough goals and they're not creating enough chances either. I mean, you know, there was much. Um, there was an initial lament about. Ireland not taking their chances in Armenia. We're really struggling to think of the chances that didn't that they didn't take beyond the slight flurry at the end of the first half. There was nothing in the second. You know? I mean a couple of Shane Duffy headers and set pieces that were that went wider were easily dealt with. So there'll be no change now as to as to whether in September, um approaching September when Ireland play Armenia at home, whether Armenia will presumably be even more defensive. Does there need to be a change in approach? Then that will be that will be questions for then. But um, yeah, it's it's it's
1: three of the back from uh, for the next week, I'd say. Anyway, uh, we'll be talking to you again, Richie, on Thursday morning. But for now, Rich Gavin, thanks me for talking to us this morning. Cheers.
2: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting
0: therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm having a bull flow right now. anyone want to not give me a show. Six million years to die. Choose one. I don't like the name him because you know, I, I actually think he's a very good writer, mm. but is it that? This is a, a dig at football people who know the game. Using statistics uh, to try and undermine people who have eyes, ears and common sense.
2: What I'm saying is that sometimes the eyes and ears mislead you. The ears, particularly if it's Paul Merson talking to you, might mislead you. This was a dig at
0: football people who know the game. You
2: know the balls and the stones.
0: Have a proper debate. Love to debate him. You could sell tickets for that. All I have to back it up are facts. (laughs) All I have to back it up is the factual record of what what took place. Bring it on. This was a a dig of football people who know the game. He's the one who's on the attack, don't forget. Hmm. And has been for some time without naming people. He he mentioned pundits. Hmm. Well, who are the football pundits?
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: I think they call that on a verbal broadside. You've been on the attack, Ken, but you don't have... You just don't have what it takes to name names. You don't have the balls, Ken. You have the stones.
2: <laughs> don't have the balls.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't want to put them down. But
0: they seem to want to prove that you don't need to know anything about football to write about it. This was a dig at football people who know the game.
1: You don't have the balls, Ken. You have the stones. Okay, that's pretty much it from us. Ken, do you feel any better about our chances of a morale-boosting win over Ukraine on Wednesday night? Not like, really. Talking about our talking about our problems should be beneficial. Should be therapeutic. No.
2: Yeah, I mean, usually you think, well, Ukraine have lost that game against Wales, which is a million times bigger than the Ireland game, and and um, you know they're not really going to care about the Ireland game. But I, I sort of I wouldn't like to make any kind of assumptions about the. You know the spirit and the attitude of the Ukrainian team at the moment. They're obviously in a in a in a different position, a kind of a crazy position. Um These games mean a lot, um, and I'm sure that they'll. Uh, yeah, let's not be banking. You know, let's they, not be banking you, on you, that. Do, no, the usual assumptions obviously don't apply.
1: Well, here's some therapy for the soul.
4: Good, clean, fun with Pat Kenny.
1: I should be on Pardon, Raj.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we were sent this short clip from David Lynn and it's just Pat Kenny doing Pat Kenny things. We talked before about monkeypox, and if you're of a particular age, you will have had a smallpox vaccine. I mean, and, come uh, on, therefore, Ken, that's you're not fine, funny. For those you know, it's just, just I, how a, how you, I don't know why you play Nah, I mean, it. come on, it's just you know, cheap, cheap laughs. You know, had a
4: smallpox. It's it's not it's, it's not really much.
1: I, I mean, I was I was strong-armed into playing it. So I mean, I apologise. It's the kind
2: of stuff that comes in from scummer. Yeah, it, that's
1: exactly what it is. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with some coverage of a wild weekend of hurling. The handshake part, duh, a classic Munster hurling final. Total insanity. All a lot of fun. Gormaghts uh, Canawakeen.
2: August Gormaghts <August>, Akira.
1: <sighs> okay. August Miller Asherish uh, Amorak Sloan August Manact. But but Alan, Alan, please, please, please. I'm. I'm sorry, Alan, Alan, Alan. Being, Alan look, look Don't, don't treat me like a fool. What is that?
4: This
1: is the second time
0: it's gone on. Never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade there's a world outside of that. That's why sport's important.